Welcome to episode 10 of the Making Margin podcast. My name is Nick Foy. We're with Greenway Wealth Advisors. I'm the founder. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina, in the South End. And uh, we've, we're to episode 10 now. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's like and, a decade. And people are, they're actually like, people are listening a little bit and rating the show. There have been good ratings mm-hmm. on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast Store. Yeah, and Spotify. Actually, I don't know if you can rank on I don't know. But we appreciate you guys listening in. There was actually somebody listening from, where, where was that? What city? Jenks. Yeah, Jenks, Oklahoma. Jenks, Oklahoma. Thank uh, you. So whoever you are, thanks. Yeah, whoever you are. Jenks. <laughs> Jenks for listening. Um, to my right, Allie Crouch. Hi. Hi. Allie is our Director of Client Experience. She had her two-year Greenway anniversary in November. December. December 11th, 7th, 11th. Uh, To my immediate left, Jeff Eminger. Good day. Good day. Jeff is uh, our Director of Financial Planning. Uh, To Jeff's left is Andrew Ritchie Harris, better known as Drew. What's the line that I said before? I'm Drudy something. I don't know. Howdy, Howdy Drudy. Drudy. I have to say howdy, and then you've come uh, back to Howdy, Howdy Drudy. Drudy. <laughs> so. You just ruined it. That's great. Sorry. We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> Quickly, we forget. Yeah. Um, howdy, Drudy. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. Good. You look good. Thank you. He had uh, a air hockey table in the office up until Christmas oh, yeah, it's Day. Gone. It's gone now. Get a full-size air hockey table don't, if you ever get one. Don't mess around with just a little Make bit. sure the fans are powerful enough yeah, make to sure actually the fans make it. And that the goal right. can't be entirely cool. blocked. Do yeah. your kids don't like it? No, they've, they've figured it out. Like Henry, who's six, I mean, can just plant, you know, his paddle, whatever it is, yeah. just right in front. I mean, so what is it? In soccer parlance, like he's parking the parking bus. Parking the bus. Yeah. Who does that? That's what the goalie is, right? Isn't he supposed to try and park the bus? No, that's when you pull your defense back and you just kind of play a defensive game. Is that the Jimmy John's guy? <laughs> oh, John. It is a it is John. Is that a bad thing? In soccer, it's is really it frowned boring. upon? Yeah, I mean, well, it's soccer. Incredibly boring. <laughs> Imagine that, a boring soccer game. We're getting a team here in Charlotte. Uh, we don't know what it's called yet, I guess, do we? Mm-hmm. You're going to get season tickets, the Allie? Tepper Allies. You've already asked that in one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. No. All right. Well, sorry to repeat myself. <laughs> Today's episode topic, kids are expensive. Um, all right, so we're going to, we've got a few little notes here about how much it costs to raise kids, and Allie has not seen the numbers. Have you yeah. seen the numbers, Allie? Allie seen has them. not seen the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Allie, the estimated cost, don't look. Are you looking? No. You can play along at home, too. I don't you can have my glasses on, so I couldn't read boop, that even if boop, I tried. Boop, boop. The estimated cost of raising a child. This is like in uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You ever watched that? I did. With Regis? Oh, is that you're going to ask for a lifeline or? Yeah. Is that right? It's multiple choice. And it's multiple choice and then people would say, pull the audience. I saw there's a study about okay, that. in the off topic by a lot. The estimated cost hey, of raising uh, a child. Creeper. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd say that was off he topic. Brought it up. Uh, he brought up Poison Ivy. I'm not going to do multiple choice for you. I'm just going to ask <laughs> okay. you. The estimated cost of raising a child from birth through age 17 Why not is 18? what? 18. Because uh, that's when you hit 18, like all the way through age 17. Okay. And then they're on their own. And yeah, okay. That is your 18th year, technically. In what world do you stop paying for your kids at 17? I, I'm done at 17. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> they are cut off. Off the cell phone plan. They're not borrowing my Netflix login anymore. 
You think there's going to be Netflix in 10 years? $500,000. Allie says $500,000. Strop.co, have you seen this? Strop.co is our sound engineer. Visit his website at Strop.co. He's shaking his head no. Jeff, do you want to tell us? $233,610. I went over. They're almost affordable now. (laughs) Wow, I'll have more. I just saved so much money. Can now double my. <laughs> okay, so this is a, this is according to the Department of Agriculture, which Jeff brought up a good point. Why is the Department of Agriculture, who who at the Department of Agriculture is working on this sort of thing? This is how much it costs I mean, to raise a kid. I guess it just seems like a waste of government funds. Which imagine that, uh, fourteen thousand dollars annually to raise a kid. That's the average for a middle income couple with two children. It's a bit more expensive. Per child. Yeah. Is that including childcare? I don't know. It just says that. I mean, I guess some people have it and some people don't. But if you're in, you know, uh, uh, Podunk, Kansas, sorry about the people in Kansas. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's lovely there. Uh, it might not cost fourteen thousand dollars a year, but in more expensive urban areas, it might cost more than that. I think it's got to be such a wide range. Yeah. And then do they? You know, it doesn't say it. if they factor in. If you don't pay for childcare, that means somebody is not earning an income. So how does that play into it? How do you offset there? A lot of a lot of questions that come to my mind. To the shredder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, you just, do you think that y'all are paying fourteen thousand dollars a year? <laughs> I mean, close because childcare alone is like close to twelve thousand for the year. So it's easily that then. So it's at least twelve. You and get then the fancy diapers. I don't get fancy diapers, but I get the like non like. Do you get fa- you get fancy diapers? <laughs> they do cloth. You do, you we do did cloth. cloth diapers for the whole up until like last month. Exclusively, then what? and now we're doing a little bit of both cloth Hold on. and. We're gonna get the fan. <laughs> All right, continue about your diapers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do cloth and disposables now. What what do, what do you do, Allie? Well, I was doing the bamboo diapers because they're biodegradable, so they're better for the environment, but they're not as um, absorb- absorbent. So he was oftentimes hmm. moist. Interesting. $14,000 annually average. Up to a third of the total cost is housing, accounting for somewhere between 26 and 33% of the total expense of raising a child. USDA comes up with those numbers by calculating the average cost of an additional bedroom an approach that the department says is probably conservative because it doesn't account for those families who pay more to live in communities that have better schools or other amenities for children. I think that's interesting. Or childcare or private school. Yeah. Which private school is a choice. But. Well, if you think about the 14,000 number, it might mean childcare K through or birth through five even. But then after that, that cost goes away and it's replaced with other costs. Well, and childcare. Because school isn't working hours, so you That's still true. have to have some form of it's, childcare it, after. It's a lot cheaper to do after school. Yeah. At least here it is. I don't know what the deal is. But it is still money. Yeah. Um, according to the University of New Hampshire, childcare expenses can be a large portion of family income. Well, thanks. I, I, read, I read that in there. It's like, yeah, really? <laughs> the average share of income spent on childcare among families with young children who pay for childcare. All right, Allie, here's another. You looked at it. No, I really did not. The average share of income... Spent on childcare among families with young children who pay for childcare is what percent of their income? What percent of income is spent on childcare for the average family? Fifteen. Eight point eight percent. Really? That's it. Again, you get a second child out of your estimate. Yeah. 
That really? Nationwide, twenty six point eight percent of these families. <laughs> Those one, rich people are bringing up the are bringing down the average. One point four million people spend more than ten percent of their income See? on childcare. That's a lot. So we approached this by thinking we were thinking through topics. Uh, one of the things we read about and talk about is that nobody plans for childcare expenses. We talk a lot about saving for college, and in the future episode, we're going to talk about. Saving for college in a future episode, not the future episode. We're going to talk about saving for college, uh, but today we're going to talk about kids and how much they cost. Does that sound good? Deal. Sounds good. All right. So those stats that I just read you or that Allie just guessed at quite poorly. I, I think <laughs> can you I have were, a paper now? Yeah, you can have one now. Hold on. Um, do they, you think that deters people from having kids? you think people say, all right, we're not going to have any more kids because it's too expensive? Yes. How many kids would you have if it weren't for the fact that kids cost money? Oh, I'm having whatever I want, no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) So it deters other people. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it it is like affecting our timeline. Like we have to we have to actually think like when we can have the next child because of childcare. But I'm still having four. Two. Two biological, two adopted. You heard it here first, folks. Alex has a different number, but that's fine. I think that the vast majority of people don't have any idea and don't look into it, and so it doesn't impact their decision-making. I think number one, I think the first one people are just like, oh, let's have a baby, and then they're like, oh, crap, this is really expensive. Like, child childcare is number, like, the most expensive thing, mm-hmm. and so then I think it affects how many after that they have. I could agree with that. I do think, though, that there's a lot of people that there's not much thought going into Oh, there's not. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not much thought, just in general. (laughs) That's not what they're thinking about. (laughs) That's for another episode, another day. On a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to say, Drew? I first had to compose myself. Um, (laughs) No, I don't think that people are thinking about it in specifics, but I think that there's just a general feeling that kids are expensive. And I think that feeling is, you know, kind of pervasive. And I think that keeps a lot of people, well, that's speaking in such generalities. Um, I don't know. Um, it, I don't know what to say here. Would you have had more than three if not for the expense? I don't think about the expense per se. Yeah. Um, I mean, one, we're shoehorning three kids into one house or one room. So, you know, if if you take the department of agriculture's, you know, kind of stat there is kind of go, well, I'm getting around that. They all share a room, all three of them. They all share a room. That's awesome. Yeah. How long do you think you can get out of that? Uh, with having kind of a mixed gender, I yeah. think that I've got a, just a few more years. Yeah. Um, now, I th- Wait, you have a mixed gender kid? Oh, that's true. That that's kind of confusing. Let's so I have I have one <laughs> one daughter and two sons. Okay. Um, so a room with multiple genders. <laughs> that's what so, we can stay funny. in our house longer if we have two of each gender. Mm-hmm. Pat, like if we have any different number of that, then we're screwed. Or two, I guess four of the same would work too. But. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think that I think that people probably have a notion of like I've always wanted to have this number of kids, you know, and then you know husband and wife, you know, kind of you know debate and discuss that, and you know, it's those legacy issues or you know feelings that drive you know how many kids one has, and you make it work. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I think some people are like I don't want to have kids because they're really expensive and it's going to infringe upon my own mm-hmm. spending. The average now is like one point three kids per couple or something's gone down mm-hmm. over the last and you know people used to farm and there's agrarian society and uh and so they depended on having a lot of kids well and women work more now yeah women work more hours so the number the average has gone down and i'm sure the cost is something that's contributed to it but there's other things too right 
I think women in the workforce is probably, yeah, like they have careers now. It's not just, oh, let me be your secretary until I have kids and then I stay home. So I think that has a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think also values of, you know, what, you know, what, what's most important and what do you want? Um, I think that we've, as a culture, become more kind of self-oriented and uh, that we want to be able to go and have our experiences and spend on that. And that the reality is that kids require time, mm-hmm. you know, and energy and money and such. And so if I'm not doing it, if I'm giving it to them, I'm not getting that. Mm-hmm. And so do you view that as being, you know, worthwhile? Um, I do. Um, and I think that many do. And But you have to give of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I have uh, a lot of friends that haven't had kids yet because they say, they say I'm too selfish. Like they actually say Appreciate that. the honesty. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I think the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is the quantity of children is your effort and time and money mm-hmm. divided between them. So yeah. the more kids you have, the more you're spread between them. Mm-hmm. And I know that's driving a lot of our conversations at home with how many we want to have is giving what we want to each kid Yeah, and how that gets divided the more you have. Yeah, you should be really intentional the more kids you have yeah. for that in, uh, one-on-one time and stuff. How many? You have three siblings? Yeah. We're both, my husband and I are both one of four. My wife's one of four. And now when we spend time with her family, all three of her sisters have two kids and her parents. And it's 18 of us now that all I get love together. It. It's insanity. It's so fun. It's great. It's, it is really great. And her sisters are amazing. Her parents are amazing. But it's a lot of humanity. So it's going to be great when there's 19 because her younger sister is about to have another well, not about to, but they're talking about it anyway, I guess. So, um, all right, child care stories as a kid and as a parent. So I, um, my my mom didn't work. My dad was the sole breadwinner. And so I came home from school and my mom was there. You didn't go to school. You don't have to worry about this. You did go to school, Allie. Yeah. Just homeschooled. Mm-hmm. What did you guys do for child care? Me as a kid? Yeah. My mom, my mom was there, child care. Okay. Um, my mom was a teacher, like a teacher's assistant. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she worked in the school for most of my life growing up. And, um, so she got off, you know, when we were off of school. Yeah. Summertime, she sometimes had to work and I went to, you know, like in-home daycare. Mm -hmm. What did you do before you were um, school age? Oh, gosh. Um, we lived in Dallas. My dad worked in a bank. And my mom worked, I think she mostly stayed at home, but I could be butchering that. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't have a very good recollection of that time. I guess not. <laughs> I was a latchkey kid. Um, so um, growing up, both my parents worked. and Is that what uh, that means? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was solo um, at home for, you know, a number of years. I guess like before. Four. Let's see. I'm trying to remember what age. Um, it was really young. Um, maybe like a third grade, you know, I came home and, uh, you know, you had a brother, no, only child. Yeah, that's right. So, but before that was in like after school care or after day, after school day care, anyway, did that. But then, you know, from probably third grade on, you know, I came home, you know, and just, uh, would you you make a little snack and have a little drew time? Watch, watch He-Man. I wasn't supposed to watch wrestling, but I would. Like WWF. Yeah. Yeah. It was WWF at the time. I'm sorry. Now it's WWE. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I would make a snack and then I was supposed to do my homework, watch some shows, and then I'd go out and play, go to sports. Like some neighbors would pick me up to take me to the... Who's your favorite wrestler? Who's that? 
Hulk Hogan? No. Mm. Big Hulk Randy Hogan. the uh, Andre the Giant? No, no, man. I, I watched a little bit of wrestling. I wasn't like, you know. Right. You know, hear that mom and dad? It's like a little bit. Um, okay, so why do people not talk about it? Like everyone talks, we talked about planning for college, which is average college costs, public in state, I don't know, $12,000 a year? No, just for tuition. For tuition, yeah. yeah. 20 grand all in. 20 grand all in. Rough um, ballpark. But you can go places that are cheaper than that. Like for it's sure. a possibility. Or you could do a couple of years at the local JUCO. That's a, that's a junior college. You could do a couple of years at the junior college. And you can, you know, so there are ways to cut the cost of college. And everybody worries about it. Everybody talks about it. About what are we going to do to save for our kids to go to college. Not everybody. A lot of people do. A lot of people come in our office. We're talking about that. Nobody tends to talk about how are we going to save for paying for childcare, even though the cost is comparable. Why is that? I think the nature of college is that it's a big lump sum over a very short period of time, four years. And the childcare costs that we're talking about kind of trickle through the years. And so I think most people just kind of factor that into their daily living expense. And Although they don't. straight daycare is a large lump sum. I mean, it's a monthly payment, but it's a large lump sum over a short amount of years. Like it's four or five years usually. Yeah. Very true. And yeah, college is four or five years. So. I definitely agree that more people should factor that in. But, um, you know, you could also, like you were saying earlier, it's a short period of time mm-hmm. and then that kind of goes away. So, um you know, there are ways to kind of mentally get around that to where yeah. you don't have to think about planning for it. Yeah, when we show the total cost of college for four years of college, we put it up on the screen. This is how much we think it's going to cost for Johnny to go to Duke or whatever the place <coughs> is. It's an eyebrow-raising experience to watch people and watch their reactions because it's a lot of money. And nobody really factors in this $14,000 a year and how much that actually ends up costing. Yeah, another thing um, that comes to mind is most of the people that we're meeting with already have children or maybe considering them in the near future. And just from the investing perspective, you have time to save for college. So there's, you know, accounts designed for that that can grow and and benefit you in the long run greatly. Um, But there's not like a daycare 529 plan, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So um, it's a relatively short time frame most of the time between thinking about having a kid and then money going out of the door right versus college there's usually a there's a big gap do you have something to say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. all right so how do we how, how, what do we think about we're helping people plan for that for the the reality of having kids and what it costs depends on what stage they're in what do you mean i mean if they have a four and a five-year-old it's gonna be a whole lot different of conversation than somebody who's two years out from having kids in, in the first place mm-hmm Uh, One thing we like to do is um, a lot of our clients use Betterment because we can name an account with a specific goal, which helps from the, you know, saving perspective, the behavioral aspect of it. And so, you know, when we're pinpointing what stage they're in, if it's uh, we're thinking about having kids in two years time, maybe it's a, a maternity leave goal or something like that. And if they have young kids and they're thinking about private school, maybe it's a private school goal, something to put the name on it so that they can start picturing that and then saving towards those specific goals, yeah. whatever those may be. I think um, what comes to mind here, I mean, I think most people just make a way, you know, you have the kid and mm-hmm. you, you provide for the kid, which is very good, you know, um, but 
you know, thinking for, you know, maybe the audience of us and being uh, for advisors is putting this in as a category similar to kind of what we were talking about with home maintenance of, you know, a question to ask, um, you know, to um, individuals and clients of kind of going, have you considered this mm-hmm. and putting it on our radar? Um, and then, you know, kind of as a shameless plug of, you know, folks, uh, you know, having an advisor um, who can ask that question and help you try to think about those blind spots, um, I think is a great thing. Yeah. Of, there are unexpected expenses and, uh, you know, just the different stages. I was having a check in and kind of going, what do I need to be thinking about? And um, this is one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, too, that uh, if people, like if, if you're struggling, if you say, okay, we think you need to be saving $500 or $1,000 a month or whatever to prepare for having a kid because you need to have a little nest egg built up to help fund the cost of all the stuff that you want to do. If it's a camp, you know, you want to send the kids to camp or you want to do sports or all the other, you know, music lessons, whatever, all those things, those add up pretty quickly. And um, so if for the person that's unable to save that, either because they're not monitoring their finances well enough or they haven't systematized them or they don't make enough or other expenses are too high or whatever, like if you can't save that, then realistically, it's going to be really hard to afford to have a kid. Uh, and we see people like that all the time who are are maxed out on their spending. Uh, they're spending at least as much as they're making. Um, and there are places that we say, ah, maybe you should be cutting this or that. And then they, you know, then you go and have a kid, and then all of a sudden, well, we're still maxed out. We're actually more maxed out, but a lot of that is going in to pay for all these things that we talked about. And realistically, if you can't afford to save for it, then you probably can't afford uh, to to do it, to have it, to make it happen. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked before about how your money really shows what your true values are. Mm -hmm. And to Drew's point, if your true values are your kids, then you'll find a way. Um, And then a lot of people just live with immense amounts of stress and burden um, because they're not well prepared. So I think, you know, for, for us, the best thing we can do is help them clarify their goals and save towards them so that they're not in that position yeah. where they're living with that all that burden. That's really good. Allie? <laughs> <laughs> Allie, how was your, now that you've gone to your ski trip, how was skiing? It was great. <laughs> a lot of good snow? Uh-huh. A lot of new snow out there in Utah? So much fresh pow-pow. Fresh pow-pow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I've never heard it called that. <laughs> great, this has been episode 10 of the Making Margin podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.